Well, for the remainder of our time this morning, I'd like to uh, extend our family room to this teaching time. I don't have a sermon per se as much as more of some devotional thought for us today. I remember, uh, in, in my family at least, when we would gather around the campfire or the fireplace, there'd be some good discussions that would take place. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, we were around a campfire, the wise hearts were, and, and somebody asked the question, if you could live during any other time period than now, when would you have chosen that time period, and where would you want to be located? That's, that's a pretty good question. You can get all kinds of good answers, and it's amazing the things that you can find out from each other when you share in those family discussions. Today, that's kind of the format that I want to share from, more of a family fireside chat discussion. As we've celebrated our sixth graders as this transition, they're moving into seventh grade, I want to share some family thoughts entitled, Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Survive Seventh Grade. And they just so happen to be the same seven secrets to survive the rest of your life. So this will help you out. Now, we have our kids with us. All of our kids who are this year, you've been in sixth grade or younger. Would you just stand right where you're at? Kids, stand for me. I want to see you. If you're in sixth grade this year or younger, stand. Stand tall. Be proud. All right? Very good. You can have a seat. Now, if you are in seventh grade or older, raise your hand real high. Now, for those who are asleep, that's everybody else. Raise your hand. Now, kids, we had to have everybody else raise their hand, not stand, because they're too tired. That's what happens when you get older. You get tired. We just raise our hand. But uh, I want us to uh, do a little bit of remembering. I had a chance to talk with some of our sixth graders in the hallway before first service, and I asked them, can you remember, I mean, now that you're going into seventh grade, you've reached a mark of maturity. Can you remember when you were young? What was one of your favorite toys when you were younger? And one of our sixth grade uh, men just said without skipping a beat, my favorite toy was my iPod. And it got me thinking, there's, there's been a lot of change since I was in sixth grade. There's been a lot of differences. And I, I talked to some of those in first service before church started and, and asked them what was one of their favorite toys growing up. And a gentleman on the other end of the spectrum said, my favorite toy growing up was the family dog. And that kind of made me think, I've got some follow-up questions to figure out how that dog became the toy, but things have changed. It's, it's different, and, and if we try to pretend like they haven't changed, we're not being honest. If we don't prepare ourselves for change, then we can be in trouble. You know, I remember the toy that I so desperately wanted when I was younger was a ColecoVision. Anybody know what a ColecoVision is? There's a few of you. Now, my dad didn't get the ColecoVision, he got the Atari, and, and I was okay with this, but I vividly remember playing this old gaming system with my dad, and we had games like Pole Position, it was a racing game, and Dig Dug, I don't even know what that is, we just dug around in the dirt and tried to win the game or something, and, and we played games like Pac-Man, and, and my dad's favorite video game was a baseball game. And I can remember just like it was yesterday, we'd be playing that game, and it always happened around the third inning of this baseball game, video game, my dad would say, my controller's broken. It's not working right. I try to swing and hit the ball, and it's too late, and it's not working. Trade me controllers. And some strange thing would happen when we would trade controllers. I would get his controller that supposedly didn't work. It worked great for me. And when he would take my con er, controller that worked great, he would say, well, this one's broken. I was playing Xbox with Caden not too long ago, and I had noticed that my controller didn't work very well. 
And I was tempted to trade with her, but I could see a pattern happen. I couldn't necessarily keep up with it. Things have changed. You don't have to live very long to know that things are changing around us. If you look at television, it's changed quite a bit. In the 60s, there was a popular TV show, uh, Green Acres. And this was an American sitcom where a couple moved from New York to a rural country farm. And they had all kinds of comedic adventures. You compare that with the popular TV sitcom today, Modern Family, that it's self-described as reclaiming or changing the way that America views family and the roles expected therein. There's been a lot of change. Not all the change is good change. You know, music has changed a lot over the last number of years. How you get your music has changed from records or eight tracks to digital downloads. I was pulling some pictures to add to this morning, and I happened to come across an eBay site where I found the record that I sang on with my parents when I was eight years old. And it made me feel really old, and I saw it on eBay, and it was for sale, and it was trending a little bit higher than I thought, and I was, I was kind of excited. I kind of felt proud until I saw the description next to that record. It says, rare, sealed, never been listened to. I don't know, that's a good thing. You know, there's been so much change from how things we remember them being to what they are today. The electrifying announcement of the new IBM electronic typewriter shook the news of the tech industry in the 60s. Compare that to the average laptop computing power today that goes far beyond the capabilities that NASA had in the 60s. All this computing power has brought great access and in many ways some blessings, but with it some curses as well. Do you remember phones, the old phones? I remember going to Grandma's house and they had the rotary phone and speed dial meant how fast you can do your fingers. It wasn't pushing a button. But today our phones are more than a phone. It is a delivery mechanism for mail. It is a digital readout for your exercise. It is something to prevent boredom with all kinds of games and the phone has totally changed completely. They tell us the average mobile phone user is never farther than four feet away from their mobile phone at any given moment. All this increased access to one another. I'm still trying to figure out if that's a good thing or not a good thing. But things change over time. The average house in the 60s, like the one you see up here, you could have purchased for around $15,000. And they say around the average house today would be 175. There's a lot of change. A Harvard University education in the 60s would have cost you $2,370 for all the trimmings for one year of education. Today, it's just under $60,000 for education. This is for parents. Next week is graduation Sunday. I just wanted to thoroughly get you excited for what's to come. There's been so much change around us. You, you may remember this next slide when gas was between 27 cents and 29 cents, and that was on a high day. And you can compare it to what you pay now. There's change, and sometimes we resist the change. Sometimes the change is good, but we need to be prepared to survive the change, but also thrive in that change. You know, for those of us who have children, one of the craziest changes is seeing that infant, now a teenager, something has changed. 
So for those of us maybe who don't have kids or our kids are grown and gone, it's the change we even see in ourselves When we look in the mirror, we expect to see somebody so much younger, but who is this person staring back at me? Life has brought change. In fact, kids, I think you have some kind of a reward for Pastor Katrina if you get some of these blanks. So the first one, kids, is part of growing up is change. Growing up is all about change. As we grow up, we see some good change and some bad change. But I want to key in on seven secrets in rapid fire to help us survive seventh grade and in turn survive and thrive the rest of our life. The first one is this. Guard your heart and your mind. The world is not going to teach you to do this. Junior high will definitely not highlight guarding your heart and your mind. But make no mistake, this is very key. You'll be taught to guard your possessions. You'll be taught to guard your social status. You'll be taught to guard your reputation. But who's going to teach you to guard your heart? Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We do this by reading God's Word, and, and when we take it in and we've protected what goes into our mind, we can see that He transforms us. Sixth graders, this year, to survive, guard your mind, guard your heart. The second one is, is close to it. It's kind of tied together, but the second thought is work on the inside as much as you do on the outside. While this is tied to the first, I think we often miss this, not just in junior high years, but we miss it all throughout life. We wake up in the morning, we give lots of attention to getting our hair done right. I gave lots of attention this morning to get a good hair day going. But how, how the clothes fit, how, how you look, how you're perceived by others. And, and often, for some of us, through middle school years, this was a high priority on the list of things we need to be concerned about. But as life goes on, maybe what you are concerned about an appearance is not so much how you're dressed, but you feel that way about your resume. You feel that way about the rankings at work. You feel that way about how people perceive you in the neighborhood of what you've achieved in life. Be more concerned about building, working what's on the inside than what's on the outside. Listen to 1 Samuel 16. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't make decisions the way you do. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at a person's thoughts and intentions. Outward stuff has some value, students, but focus on what is on the inside. And change will not only happen inside, it will happen on the outside as well. Character, values, integrity far outweigh the stuff on the surface. Third, kids, jot this down. Trust your parents. They've been there and they've done that. Now, <laughs> I can say moms and dads, there's not a better time to amen than that. But, but in all seriousness, a part of a survival secret is to trust your parents. They have been there. They have walked through that. For those of us who are not in sixth grade, maybe our parents are in their later years. Maybe our parents are already passed on. We need to reflect and remember that when we listen to our parents, to the authority figures in our life, it prepares us for the next stage of life. Those who cannot listen to their parents and heed their wisdom have a problem with authority the rest of their life. 
Those who have a problem with authority have a problem listening to God. Now, we often focus on, well, what if an authority figure or my parent says something that's not right? And we could talk about that, and there's room to talk about that. But, but hey, the principle is, am I listening to those who are in authority in my life? Our ultimate authority is God, and, and he needs to weigh in on all those other sections of authority. But children, obey your parents, for this is pleasing to the Lord. A secret to survival that will help you the rest of your life when we listen to and we honor and we follow the direction of those in leadership with us. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Only fools despise wisdom and discipline. Listen, my child. Listen to what your father teaches you and don't neglect what your mother is teaching Next, number four, I can hear my dad say this at the campfire. You will reap what you sow. I vividly hear dad saying, you will reap what you sow. In fact, he talked about reaping what you sow so much that it almost led you to believe like he was a farmer. But dad never farmed a day in his life. And I remember in one of those discussions, I said, dad, do you really know anything about farming? Have you ever done this farming stuff? This was not a good thing to ask in the middle of a deep conversation. But his response was, no, but the principle is still true. What you invest in will produce some kind of dividend. Students, what is it you're giving yourself to? What is it that's most important to you now? You will reap. There will be a payday for what you give yourself to. Don't be be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. You will always reap what you sow. Number five. God wants you to make a difference now. 1 Timothy 4.12 Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example in speech, love, life, faith, and purity, and so on. It's a different translation of what I memorized it in. But when we can begin to see that God doesn't want us to wait till we get to some other stage in life to use us, it's right now. Set an example for those around us. Students, You are not the church of tomorrow. You are not our hope for the future. You are the church right now. I just heard Pastor Katrina talk about one of our students that she has a voice that will stand up and speak out. By all means, stand up and speak out for God now. Don't wait till you get old and have to raise your hand instead of stand up. Talk now. For those of us who are not going into seventh grade, that was a ways back. We're tricked into thinking, well, I can really pour into someone's life once I reach that next decade. I can really make a difference once I retire and I can have more freedom with my schedule. Or if I would just earn a little bit more, stop and follow God with reckless abandon now. God wants you to make a difference now. The sixth survival secret to survive seventh grade and really the rest of your life. Determine your standards now. And always live by them, even when it's hard. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did this. Kids, you remember this Bible story. But what does that look like for us? A lot of us, we say, well, I want to set a standard. I want to live better than the world. So the world says, this is what I'm going to watch on TV. And I'm going to say, no, I'm going to set my standard higher than the world. Or this is what the world's going to think is funny. And I'm going to set my standard higher and say, I'm not going to be a part of that. Or this is what the world says is important. I'm going to set my standard higher. And I'm going to have a different set of priorities. And this is of some value, I guess. But here's what happens. When I set my standard based off what the world says, when the world takes a nosedive... Well, so do I. Well, I'm not doing what they're doing, but 
I'm just a little bit above that. And so I'm just always ten feet above what it is the world says they should be doing. But Scripture talks about allowing God and His Word to be our standard. So if this is what God says, I'm now on the plane with God. And so it doesn't change over time. Though culture changes and all kinds of stuff change around us, when the, the world around us takes a nosedive, we stay flatlined with God. Set your standard. Make your decision now that God will be your guide. And finally, in the midst of all the change that's about to happen, in the midst of all the change that's going to happen far beyond seventh grade, Jesus is the one thing that never changes. You can trust Him. Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to ask our sixth graders if you will join me. If you're in sixth grade going into seventh grade, if you would just come kneel here on this side of the altar, and we may need to go down to this side as well. Come on down. Just kneel here on, on the, the side that has a cushion for your knees. Right right here. Right over here. There you go. And we can go all the way down and across if we need to. Spread out. Some over here. Good, good. Good, good. That's right. 